Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hello and welcome into another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. I'm Brian Tripp, your host. Thank you so much for stopping by. Our guest this week, senior captain of the Penn State women's soccer team, Sam Coffey. And we talk about comprehensive excellence when discussing Penn State athletics. Sam is a model for that. Extremely accomplished on the field, an All-American, a member of the Big Ten Tournament Championship team last year, second in the Big Ten, 11 goals, 32 points but also away from the field, a major in journalism, and that comes from her roots. Her dad, Wayne, is a sports reporter and author, a New York Times best-selling author. In fact, her mom, extremely accomplished. Both her siblings, her brother and sister, in the journalism field as well. And she's also committed to her faith, a member of the Penn State Christian Athletes Group. And that faith has helped shape not only her soccer career, but her life. So without further ado, let's welcome in Sam Coffey, captain of the Penn State women's soccer team here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Sam, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Sam, I have to ask first about COVID-19 and the impact it's had not only on your journey, but also your team's journey. And instead of asking about the challenges, I think we've rehashed that so many times. How have you and your team grown throughout this and not playing this fall? How have you grown? Let's put a positive spin on things. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I really like the way that you're asking that because I think so so often it's, you know, what, what challenges did you face along with COVID and having the season canceled and all these um, seemingly negative factors, which of course the world pandemic is nothing that is positive. But I think it did really benefit us as a group in a lot of ways. We, you know, I know myself personally as well as the group as a whole, like had time for things this fall that we have never ever had time for, like going to the lake together and spending time together, you know, on our porch and just having, you know, late night talks and, and really just like enjoying our time together in state college and doing things that you know, we have never had the time to slow down to do. Um, and, and those are memories and, and things that are so special that I have COVID to thank, you know, and, and that's kind of a weird sentence to say, but, um, you know, I have memories that are going to last a lifetime with my team and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. How do you think that will carry over? And I know there's not the plan in place yet, but eventually you're going to get back on the field. How do you think that will impact yourself and your team moving forward? Yeah, I think it'll hugely impact us. You know, the fall was a roller coaster, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, you know, an ebb and flow to how the fall went. And there were a lot of challenges, um, you know, in terms of our team's culture. And there were a lot of great moments. But I think at the end of the day, when we left on November 20th, like we were a stronger group than we ever have been and had deeper trust in one another than we ever have had. So I think that that, that is 100% going to to pay off and when we finally do get back on Jeffrey and the way that our team's culture has been strengthened because of the things that we've had to endure together because we've had to navigate situations that, that no college students should ever have to endure. And the fact that we were able to do those things together, that we were able to have each other's back through that, you know, that is going to just only benefit us come, um, come opening day, whenever that is. Well, hopefully sooner rather than later. And Sam, I asked this question just because 
you have a unique perspective of playing at Boston College than in playing at Penn State. And I'm not asking you to talk about your time at BC at all. What impresses you about the Penn State program now that you've been in it for a year and a half and going on two mm-hmm. years? What impresses you about the program, knowing that you have that perspective of playing somewhere else in your career? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> we got all day. It's a podcast. There's no limit. Yeah. I mean, I could literally go on for for hours about the ways that Penn State women's soccer, Penn State as a whole, impresses me. Um, but, you know, the, the really key things that come to mind, one is just like this culture of complete and utter excellence in every aspect of life, whether it's athletics, what we do on the field, what we do off the field, our recovery, our academics, you know, our social lives, our choices off the field, like our, our program just bleeds excellence. And kind of going to my second point, like what I admire most, I think about, you know, being at Penn State and being fortunate enough to be a captain of the team is just how much I'm pushed out of my comfort zone every day and the ways that I have grown in my time here, the ways that I continue to grow. I've never been comfortable a day in my life at Penn State. And, and I totally credit that to, to the people around me, my, our coaches, our staff, the players, of course. Um, you know, everybody around me is excellent. And, and that just want, that drives me to be excellent and to, to do for others what they have done for me in terms of pushing me and helping me grow and just really helping me be a better player and person. And, and those are things that I feel so fortunate to have found. It's interesting you say that and use that word comfort because I read a few other interviews that you had done and the fit at Penn State was something that you were looking for. And I know you're looking for comfort in your personal and professional life as a soccer player and whatever it may be after you're done with your collegiate career. And comfort, you want to be pushed on the pitch. But when you're away from Mm -hmm. the pitch, why has Penn State been the right fit for you as a person? I mean, off the field, I mean, like the relationships that I've been able to build I've, I've made closer friends and, and created closer bonds here than I've ever had in my life, you know, for, both from a faith perspective, as you mentioned, and from a teammate perspective, you know, to the community just outside of Penn State Athletics, you know, um, you know, Penn State students and, and the greater state college community. I, I just, I just love it. And I, I truly feel at home. And, you know, I, 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 you know, someone once gave me a piece of advice that's common for people when they're, they're looking at, um, at schools is, you know, like, are you going to like this place if you get hurt or if you can't play or if your soccer career ends for whatever reason? And, you know, I pray that that doesn't happen for for anyone ever, but I can 100% say that Penn State would would just be the absolute perfect and best fit for me, you know, regardless of what happens. Um, And I just, again, feel so fortunate uh, enough to be a part of the, the athletics community. And you mentioned the word pray there. I know faith is such a big part of your life and it's impacted everything you've done from your childhood mm-hmm. until now. How has Penn State really embraced that part of you and also allowed you to be the person you want to be? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, as you said, like I've always had a very strong faith, um, but it has never grown or been strengthened more than when I first stepped on campus in January. Um Literally in my first week, I was invited to go to a Penn State Christian Athletes meeting. And I had never had um, a community like that of, of other believers, of, of people my age, of athletes, you know, of other soccer players. Um, you know, I'm from an area in New York that's not really known for being super 
you know, faith oriented. And, and of course I have, I have my family, which, you know, um, really helps strengthen my faith. But, um, you know, I, I never found community and, and people to encourage you and help you and guide you in your faith every day. And I found that through, through my, um, you know, my friends at Penn State and through specifically Penn State Christian athletes. And, and once I found that I had, I was experiencing growth um, and still am experiencing growth in my faith that I just had never, ever thought was possible. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's one of, if not the biggest reason that I, I love it so much is just because of the life-changing growth that I've been able to experience from a faith perspective. And I know you express yourself through verses on maybe your wrist tape or messages that mm-hmm. you write yourself going into a game. How how does your faith impact you when you're playing soccer? How does it impact you as a performer out there on the field? Oh man, I mean, it's it's everything when I'm playing. I mean, I feel closest to God when I'm playing soccer, and that is just like the best feeling in the world. And you know, of course, such a huge perhaps the biggest part of sport is the mental side and being mentally ready and, and preparation and, you know, where's your mind at when you're playing and, and our, our program, you know, invests so much in, um, in helping us prepare and, and giving us the resources necessary to be at our mental best. And those are incredible resources. And for me personally, that's my faith, you know, and, and just going out there and, and playing free and, um, you know, glorifying God and, you know, really trying to lead by, by, by being a servant and putting, you know, making my teammates the best that they can be because they do that for me. And yeah, I just, I try to play like I try to live, I guess. And, um, my faith is just at the, the absolute core of that. Is your faith, is that why you started journaling when you were younger? How did the writing part of your life come about? Um, yeah, I would say that, um, that, that was the kind of the, instigator in um in my keeping of a journal i had a friend in high school who had a uh, super random but she had a a project um for her class i think an english class she had where she just had to keep a journal and i was like hmm. you know i was probably like 13 or 14 at the time i'm like that's pretty cool like keeping a journal and um you know she was talking about how much she liked it and i was impressionable and young at that age of course so i was like let me try this and I, I, I got a journal, you know, I decorated it as I do with my tape and drew all these little things on, on the cover. <laughs> and, and I didn't really know how it was going to go. You know, I was like, do I just write like your diary or how, what is this? What, <laughs> what is the format? And, and there was no like, you know, aha moment, but they, they kind of just became like prayers and a way for me to connect with God, a way for me to connect with myself and, and check in and write about my day or write about something that was bothering me or, you know, a game. And that just sparked, you know, as, as I'm sure, you know, and, and will ask me about, but I obviously writing is in, in my veins and mm-hmm. in my family. Um, but that really just sparked just a passion to write anytime, anywhere, any place about anything. And, you know, with the journals, that was, you know, more so about safe stuff, my life, but then it became writing about games, doing game recaps, you know, writing about, our team meetings and, and things I saw in a day and, you know, carrying one on me at all times and writing, writing song lyrics down or, or something I saw. And, um, you know, a, a part of it that, um, that's very important to me is my, my grandmother, um, had, uh, got diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2011. Um, and 
you know, she was someone who she didn't, I wouldn't call it a journal, but she um, had an agenda. And every day, you know, since she got diagnosed, she would just write what she did, like where she went, who she saw, what she did. And I'm like, you know, I, and I've been watching her for the past nine years kind of slowly deteriorate. And, and that's scary. And, mm-hmm. and life just is full of so many incredible things and, and blessings. And, and I don't want to forget them. And, you know, so that's definitely a motivator, I think, in just in keeping a record of it all and recording the things I see, the people I meet. And, and again, life is just so cool in that way. And there's too much to take in that I just got to write it down. How many are they notebooks, journal? How many do you have? Do you have them all saved from the time when you were 13, 14 and started? And, and how often, how long do you write when you write in your journals? Um, yeah, man, I've got a lot. I have a lot. I, I don't even know the number. I think I have all of them. If I looked, I don't have like a, like a drawer mm-hmm. with all of them. Unfortunately, I should probably get them together. That'd be a good idea. But, but like I said, you know, now I, I have one that's like my faith journal. I have one that I use for Bible studies. I have one, I, I have a soccer journal, but one that I bring to our team meetings and our, um, you know, our, our scout, our, our film sessions, you know, when I, when I watch film of myself, you know, when I do like game recaps and, and evaluate my performance, um, you know, I, I, again, I have one for, um, like my pocket literally that I'll take with me through the day. Um, that's just a little mini one that I'll, I'll try to jot some things down throughout the day. Um, and it depends, you know, some days I don't do it. Some Mm -hmm. days I will write three or four pages of a full notebook and, um, you know, I kind of just, it's, it's, it's like talking to yourself in ways. And, and again, it's become the way that I talk to God and, and just write down my prayers. And, and it's a good way for me personally to just like slow down and, and ask myself how I'm feeling or doing or, or something that's on my mind or my heart. Um, and it's become cathartic to me. It's, it's therapy. And, you know, um, it's so cool to look back at, at, you know, how I used to think and what I used to say and, and the ways that I used to write and just, just honestly look at, at growth. And I think again, going back to why I love Penn State so much, like I'll look back to, to when I, I visited and what I wrote and I'm like, this place is awesome. Like I want to come here and now I'm here and, and it's just incredible to be able to almost time travel in that way and, and go back to, um, to, you know, a moment in time. Um, something that's funny is I, I recently read a, uh, an entry from 2015 mm-hmm. on the day of the national championship. And I remember writing down, you know, today I watched Penn State play Duke, I believe it was, in the in the national championship game. And and I wrote, I, I want that to be me. And and I remember I remember reading it, I think I sent it to coach and it was just surreal. I'm like, who would have thought that, that five years later I'd be at Penn State? You know, I think I wrote like I want that to be me with B B and, you know, it just kind of puts life into perspective and just allows you to sometimes you know, of course, want to pursue growth, but to also acknowledge the ways that you already have grown and giving yourself credit for, for the progress you have made. And of course, as athletes, we're constantly seeking more and we're striving and we're um, setting goals and, and those things are, are massively important. Um, but I think it's also equally important to, you know, acknowledge where you were and, and where you are now. You have a knack for this because my next question was going to be how often do you go back and read them and what have you learned from it? So we can check the box off right there. That one's accomplished. Awesome. 
<laughs> when did you start playing soccer, Sam? Oh, uh, I think it was four. I was four years old. Wow. I think I just wanted the free T-shirt. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a little peewee league in my town. Um, my team's name was the Hedgehogs, and we wore pink jerseys. What kind of impact did your family have on your soccer career, but also what you wanted to achieve in life? And I can go through Your dad is a New York Times bestselling author, a sports reporter. Your mom wrote for Scholastic. She was involved in the profession as well. And both of your siblings. How, how has your family shaped your life to, to this point as well? Oh, man. I love it because, you know, they're, I am who I am because of them. And, um, you know, again, with it's no accident that we're all involved in sports and in writing mm-hmm. or media in some capacity. Um, you know, both from a soccer and a spiritual and a just like overall character perspective. You know, my family is everything and I owe them so much. Um, you know, from a soccer perspective, you know, they just have been so supportive and you know, my, my parents will travel anywhere in the world just to watch me play. Like, you know, when I, mm-hmm. I went to Northern Ireland and Spain for camps, like they were there in the, in the stands, you know, no matter how old it was. And, and that's just who they are. And they just want to support their children and love their children. And they do such a phenomenal job of that. And I just feel so fortunate to, to, have, um, to have that and to have that support and love and, and just, you know, I think it's easy, especially like in youth sports in today's um, culture for parents to get over involved and, um, you know, overly critical of their children. And I remember playing club and hearing some parents just berate their children on the sidelines. And I'm like, you know, I, I was like, Wayne, Denise, if you ever, ever think that you can do that, like you had another thing coming. I didn't even have to tell them that, though. They would they would never, you know, they just sit yep. and they watch. And I'm like, beautiful. I love that. And, you know, that's just, that's so special. And I respect them so much for that because I, I can't tell you how many players I've watched who have, who have ended up quitting because their parents are just so either mean or, or critical or they put too much pressure on them. And, you know, every single day of my life, every practice, every game, um, from when I was a hedgehog to being captain at Penn State, like my parents just want me to be full of joy and to have fun and to play freely and to just love what I do. And that could be soccer. It could be anything. And that's what they want for their kids. And, and, um, I really, you know, I see that as a huge reason why I just love soccer with my, my whole heart. Do you think because of their experiences and traveling internationally to do sports reporting as well, that could have shaped the way that they've helped you mature throughout situations in life and and throughout your soccer career as well? Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, they've both been around sports, um, you know, their whole lives. My dad specifically, um, you know, he's covered everything literally like I think curling and, and like bobsled these, you know, bizarre sports. Um, did you ever tag along? Were you like the, the little kid in the locker room tagging along or with your own little reporter with him? I was a hundred percent the little kid in the locker room. I was very fortunate to be able to shadow him at, at lots of uh, different really cool sporting events but I look back now I'm like I was blessed like why did <laughs> I not acknowledge how cool this was like you know I, I have vivid memories I think in the the article about um, you know my family and writing I mentioned going to the Olympics in 2006 and 
um, you know, being able to just shadow him there. You know, I would be able to get a credential at the U.S. Open and just follow him around and sit in the press box. And, you know, I remember him telling me never to clap for the for the tennis players <laughs> in the press box because you have to be unbiased. So I'm like, that was a great shot, Dad. Like, let me clap. And, um, you know, I'd have my little my little credential with my my photo and my my gap tube and <laughs> it was uh it was really cool and I think that definitely you know sparked a passion for for journalism for writing for um just sports in general and just how incredible sports are which of his books is your favorite have you read them all I have not read them all and and he is the first to know that I actually have a weird thing about like not reading his books because I like read them in his voice and it's a weird experience I have read several but um my favorite, uh, my favorite is definitely Wherever I Wind Up, the book with Ari Dickey. Don't tell my dad I said this, and I don't know. I mean, I, I hope he doesn't he doesn't listen, but it's just, like, it's probably the greatest book I've ever read. I just, I mean, of course, it, it hits really close to home with the faith perspective, mm-hmm. but Ari is a super close friend of the family now. He actually, through... Um, quarantine was able to lead a bible study at Penn State Christian Athletes which was so cool we got him we were able to ask him to speak and he led a an incredible study um for for our group but uh his story is just so impactful um and you know it's one of struggle and of triumph and I think of course because faith is at the center of that book it, it really resonated with me but but that I think would definitely be my favorite the one passage that that still resonates with me and that I think of when thinking back on some of the works that I've read and that, in that book in particular is the, the story that your dad and R.A. share about when he was trying to swim across the Mississippi river. Yeah. And oh it my was, God. That, that's the one, you know, if there's a, a passage or a chapter from a book that oh. is vividly in, ingrained in my mind, it, it's that one. And I think it's oh. just so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, I think, I, I, you know, I read it, I haven't read it in a while. I read it a while ago um, at this point, and I should probably give it a reread, but uh, me too. I mean, I remember reading that, and I was like, mm. just the way that they both described it. And, and R.A. is brilliant. Like, R.A. is an incredible writer, so they put, they literally worked on it together. You know, there are some books that, that my dad, you know, kind of takes more of the lead on, but, but they truly, like, co-wrote that book, and, um, you know, that was his description, and, and it, yeah, just, so vivid, so powerful. Where do you see your writing career or journalism career? You could go into to talking for a living as well. Where do you see it going after after soccer's done? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I have a open mind, and I'll go wherever God leads me. I obviously, you know, hope to to play soccer at the highest level for as long as physically possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope to, you know, stay involved in the game through journalism and through writing, um, you know, or, or even journalism in any capacity. You know, like you mentioned, my brother is um, a multimedia journalist. You know, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I would totally consider that as an option as well. Uh, but I just know I love, of course, to write and to tell stories and to, um, you know, write about sports. And, you know, sports have been my life and soccer is in my life. And I would just love to stay around it in, in any capacity possible. And, and how cool would it be to just kind of combine, you know, two of the things that I love most for a career and sound pretty good to me. <laughs> Speaking of what you love most in that soccer, when you finally do have a chance to, to get back on 
Jeffrey Field here, hopefully this spring. What do you have in mind for your team? What are the goals for the team? And what are your personal goals? My personal goal, my team goal, our team goal, I think everybody's personal goal is a national championship. We want to win a national championship. That was the programming from January 2020. It's the programming now. It was the programming, I think, August 15th when our season got canceled. But that's something that has not changed, no matter how many things have gone uh, differently than we might have expected. I won't say badly, because, again, we believe in, in silver linings and the positives in every situation. But we want to win a national title, and we are so capable of doing that. And, you know, we are just putting in work day after day after day. I mean, we were – this fall was just insane, and, and I don't know another program this fall or, or any any season, spring or fall, that – that puts in the work that this program does and that this team does, um, again, both on and off the field, like we're just relentless and we are scary good. Like it was so frustrating to play this ball, you know, play each other and, and not be able to, to just, you know, be down on some big 10 team, but we know our time is coming. And, um, you know, we want that, we want that national title, you know, of course, big 10 is, is one that, um, is super sacred to us as well and one that we have won before, but we want more than that. And we are so, so capable of doing it. What was it like mentally to watch some other teams play this fall and while you guys were sitting out? That was tough. Um, it was tough. I think we had to be careful in how much we chose to watch and consume, mm-hmm. you know, because of course we watch them play and we're like, well, why can't we play? <laughs> And that was hard, but, you know, we knew that it was, a, you know, we know girls on, on those teams and we, we knew that it was a, a huge challenge for them too. And, and that it wasn't the same, you know, like they were playing, but it wasn't what we all wanted it to be, you know? Um, so that obviously was a challenge, but again, we had a choice to either dwell on our circumstances and watch them and be like, you know, what was us? We can't play boohoo and talk about it or, you know, enjoy our inner squad scrimmages on Jeffrey, which we ha- we were fortunate enough to get, I think, five of. And, um, you know, just give our all a training and, and focus on our recovery, focus on making strides with fitness and, and you know, really controlling all the factors that we could instead of deciding to put our energy in things that would just be a distraction and, and end up kind of picking us off. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your perspective on that. And the one thing that, that stuck out to me, and I'll end with this, is you mentioned that day, August 15th, when the season got canceled. And I can think back to March 12th in the spring when sports were shut down mm-hmm. for the first time. We remember all of these negative dates. They stick in our head. Hopefully here yeah. on the near horizon, we start to remember dates that, oh, the season is back on that day. And that's the day that Penn State right. soccer picked up its first win after the pandemic and hopefully then a national championship in the spring. Oh, I can't wait for those dates. I cannot wait. I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. Sam, it was a pleasure to talk. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate it. And again, I can't thank Sam enough for carving out a half an hour there almost for us uh, here on the podcast. Really a great story and great to see how well-rounded of an individual she is. Not only is she one of the best women's soccer players in the country, She represents Penn State so proudly, and you can just sense the pride that she takes not only in herself, but the university, the program, and what she's been able to accomplish so far. And we wish her the the very best when her team 
returns to the field. So that wraps up another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember to hit that subscribe button and rate the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.